For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. That's Romans 8, 29. What does this mean? This means that before the world began, God knew that those who would choose him, those who would be saved by the power of Jesus Christ, have been predestined. He decided ahead of time that we would be conformed, transformed, made into the form or image of Jesus Christ. And why did he do that? Because he wanted you and I to be part of the many brethren so that Jesus is the firstborn, but he's the firstborn among many children of God. It is in the heart, listen to this, of every born again believer to become like Jesus. It should be a part of our desire to become like Jesus. Now it's not that we become God, but that we are reflections of God in the world. That God can be seen in us. God has determined that those who believe will be conformed or made into the same form of Jesus. So that Jesus would have many brethren and that God would have many children. Did you know that God wants to shape you into the image of Jesus Christ? Did you know that in your spirit, if you're born again, you have a deep longing desire to be more like Jesus? Now, some of you may be thinking, why would I want to be like Jesus? I like who I am or I want to be like, uh, you know, Steven Seagal or, uh, you know, some famous person. I want to be like, uh, I want to be like uh, uh, Larry. I want to be like Larry because he's pretty cool. Uh, why would I want to be like Jesus? You know, a lot of people would give the wrong answer. They'd say, well, because Jesus was really nice and he'd never hurt a fly and he was just so kind and so loving. And can I tell you something? Jesus offended people constantly because when you carry the truth, it's offensive to people. He offended people constantly. No, the answer why you want to become like Jesus is not necessarily because he would never hurt anyone or never offend anyone. No, it's because Jesus is powerful. If you're tired of living at the mercy of life, become like Jesus because he's powerful. Jesus is loving in a truthful way, a real way. If you're tired of having hate in your heart, become like Jesus because Jesus is loving. Jesus is truthful. If you're tired of living in a lie, become like Jesus because Jesus is truthful. Jesus is eternal. If you want to live forever, become like Jesus because Jesus is eternal. Jesus is victorious. If you're tired of getting beat up by every battle you ever face, become like Jesus because Jesus is victorious. Are you getting this today? Jesus is at peace. Are you tired of constantly being in a state of turmoil and drama? Nothing seems to be at ease for you. Well, become like Jesus because Jesus, even in the midst of the worst situations, is at peace. Jesus is a true reflection of the Father. His life mattered. If you want your life to mean something, if you want your life to matter, there is no better life than for you and I to become more and more like Jesus. This is God's plan for us. It's the best life that you and I could live here on earth. So here's the question. Are you becoming more and more like Jesus, child of God? Are you growing into the image of Jesus? When you look at your life and your thoughts and your feelings and your actions and the way you live, do you see Jesus more and more in yourself or do you not? And if you don't, why don't you? I want to help you with that over the next three weeks. I'm going to give you three things that you need to be conformed into the image of Jesus more and more as your life goes by. Number one, you need the nature of Jesus. 
Number two, you need to have the power of Jesus. And number three, you need to walk the path of Jesus. This Sunday, I'm going to be talking to you today about having the nature of Jesus, having inside of you the nature of Christ so that you do the things that Christ would do, so that you feel like Jesus, you think like Jesus, you talk like Jesus, and eventually you act like Jesus. You see, God didn't leave us as we are. Salvation is a transforming experience. Come on. A lot of people go to church that are never born again. They're never transformed. And because they're not, they don't have that transformation of their nature within them. But once you're born again, the Holy Spirit begins working on you to conform you into the image of Jesus. Now watch this. You're made of spirit, soul, and body. The soul of you is the internal part of you that is your personality, your thinking, your thoughts, your emotions. The spirit part of you is the part of you that connects to God. When you were born again, God brought your spirit to life. You were once dead in your trespasses and sin. And when you were born again, your spirit was brought to life. Now your spirit is perfect. I want you to hear that. Your spirit is perfect. That's why the Bible says that you are perfected in Christ Jesus. That's why uh, uh, Paul said that we become new creatures. All things are passed away. All things become new. What does he mean? He means that your spirit is all brand new in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you this. Get this. Your spirit perfected in Christ Jesus will never look any more like Jesus than it does today. You can't get more like Jesus in your spirit than you are today if you're born again. Are you hearing me today? The problem with you and I is not in our spirits, it's in our flesh, which is our body, but also our souls. On the internal side of us, we struggle between the spirit that wants to do what God wants to do and the soul that's not yet perfected. We can see imperfection in the soul of us by sometimes we think bad thoughts, don't we? And the Bible says we have to renew our minds and control our thoughts. We have bad feelings. And the Bible tells us to dwell on positive things and control our feelings, right? We say bad, bad things come out of us because the soul part of us has not been perfected yet. Are you with me so far? So what God is doing in our life is working on us to transform us. Let me read you a few scriptures. Jude one twenty four. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Now, who is he who can keep you from falling and present you faultless, perfect before the presence of God? It is Jesus Christ, right? First uh, Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. That word sanctified means perfect you and sanctify you entirely and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's sanctifying your spirit, your soul, and your body. Your spirit is already sanctified, but he is working on your soul and there's coming a day when he will perfect your body. Philippians 1, 6, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it at the day of Jesus Christ. Becoming like Jesus begins with having the nature of Jesus because God is working on us. You and I aren't perfect, but God's working on us to shape us, to conform us into the image of Jesus. And if we understand how that works and we cooperate with God, oh, God can take us farther, do more with us, and our life will have more meaning when we are shaped into the image of Jesus. 
So when you're saved, when you're born again, you're given the spirit of Christ. Did you know that the very spirit of Christ, the very spirit of the living God is living within you today in union with your spirit. Every time we take communion, we're celebrating the union of your spirit and God's spirit communing together. Jesus is the son of God and the son of man, the perfect union of God and man. And he represents what's inside of us, that our humanity has been joined together with God's divinity hallelujah the spirit of Christ is in us perfected within us and we are given every spiritual blessing that's right everything that we need is within us now how do I know that how do I know that every healing every provision everything that we need is within us because well the Bible says that God's within us right and if God is within us and he's truly God then everything we need is within us and it's accessed by faith are you with us so we have the perfection of God within us the problem is getting it out of us and into the world around us have you ever known a Christian that was just as ornery and mean as anybody else mm-hmm there's a saying going around in the world there's nothing more hateful than Christian love you know why they say that because there's a lot of people that claim to love you who claim to be Christians who treat other people horribly. They say there's nothing more hateful than Christian love. Well, that ain't really Christ's love, is it? Come on. That's not really Christ's love. We've got this perfected thing within us. The problem is getting it out of us and into the world. God has to shape and transform our nature. If the internal part of you, spirit and soul, if one part is in line with the Holy Spirit, in line with Jesus, perfected, the other part of you is the soul and not yet, we have to work on the soul. And truthfully, it's not really our work. It's the work of God. Now unto him who is able, he is the one we just have to cooperate with it. Now let's read. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, watch this, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you. It's God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, a lot of people think that work out your salvation with fear and trembling means that when you're saved, it's time for you to work. It's time for you to do the works and it's time for you to get busy. But that's not really what it means. It means work out. Now, the perfection is within you. God is within you. We're working him out of us and into our daily lives. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about getting the good stuff that's in you out of you, coming out of your mind, coming out of your mouth, coming out of your hands, coming out of your checkbook and your pocketbook and coming out of the way you live and the way you sacrifice. It doesn't do the world a lot of good if you got Jesus in you, but they never see Jesus upon you. Come on. So this is called sanctification. It's the process of God shaping your fleshly life into the image of Jesus. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit. You and I just cooperate with it. We just are obedient and we let God flow out of our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. God wants to give you the mind of Jesus, to think like Jesus. Some of you worry too much. Listen, you remember Jesus was on the boat with his disciples and, and the storm came up and Jesus was asleep in the midst of the storm. Every one of the disciples said to themselves, we're going to die. They start talking. We're going to die. They even wake up Jesus. Don't you care that we're going to die out here? They had to wake him up. You remember when Peter was in jail and James had just been 
beheaded, had his head cut off for being a Christian before this. Peter's in jail and the angel comes to release him and he has to wake up Peter because Peter is at peace and at ease. You need the mind of Jesus in you because some of you worry too much about everything. You try to control stuff that ain't in your business. You know, uh, one of the worst things you can do is try to put the things that are out of your control within your control. And some of you have been taught that if you don't worry, you're being irresponsible. And, and even your husband or your wife will say, well, why aren't you worried? Jesus, don't you care? Why don't you get up and worry with us? As if somehow you're being responsible by worrying. Listen, Jesus said you can't add one inch to your life by worrying. Worrying is illogical if you believe in God, if you trust in God. You see, if you have the mind of Christ, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. If you have the emotions of Jesus, God wants to give you the emotions of Jesus so that you feel at ease and at peace in your life. So that when your friend Lazarus died and you're going to head to his funeral, you're not freaking out because you know God has got a bigger plan than you, right? And while everybody else is moaning and crying and Jesus goes to this little girl's house and she's uh, sick and everybody's afraid and, and worried. And what does he do? He kicks out everybody who doesn't have faith. Everybody who's complaining and fearful and whining and expecting her to die, get out of here. And he takes just a couple of people with him who have faith and he raises her up and heals her body. Are you hearing me today? You can have the emotions of Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to give you the will of Jesus. Some of us, oh, we know what we should do. We just don't do it. Can I, can, I, can I hit you with two things? Getting up in the morning. Who's a morning person here? I will slap you. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Getting up in the morning. I'm going to get up early tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. The bed feels so good. It's so warm. Oh, my goodness. This is what heaven feels like. <laughs> Or money. How many of you have said, you know what, I'm going to budget. As soon as I buy this one more thing, <laughs> just need one more thing, and then I'm going to start saving money. The truth is, we know what we should do. We don't have the will to do it. God wants to give you the will of Jesus so that the inside of you starts to be more like Jesus. God wants to give you the words of Jesus. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. If you're one of those kind of people who brags about the fact that you just tell it like it is, I would say that's not really a good thing. Sometimes you need to shut your mouth. Sometimes you don't need to say how it is. You need to say how it should be. Sometimes you need to speak words of faith and words of positivity. Sometimes you need to overlook the negative and just let it go and speak positive things. Come on, are you with me? God will give you the words of Jesus. They questioned him. They were trying to trap him. And, and the Bible says that sometimes he answered, but sometimes he opened not his mouth. Ooh, God will give you the words of Jesus. God will even give you the personality of Jesus. The personality that loves people, but loves them with truth. Doesn't let people walk all over him is willing to make a sacrifice, but isn't going to lie to make other people happy. Wants to see people know God and save, but is, is not afraid to uh, go into the temple and turn some tables over and ruffle some feathers. Come on, are you with me? God will give you the personality of Jesus. Hallelujah. He will give you the love of Jesus, the intentions of Jesus, the attitudes of Jesus, the heart of Jesus. He wants to give you the nature of Jesus. Yes, the internal you is made up of the spirit and the soul. The spirit is already conformed into the image of Jesus, but the soul is not. When we get the soul in line with the spirit, are you hearing me? When your spirit and soul align with the will of God, amazing things happen in you. 
Can you think of times that you did something really good or you really got in touch with God? You know what happened then? Your soul, your thinking, your emotions, your will got in line with your spirit, which is in line with God. And that's when amazing things come out of your mouth. They come out of your life. They come through your actions when your soul gets in line. Now, can you think of a time when you didn't do good things and you said what you shouldn't have and you did what you shouldn't have? That was your soul out of alignment with your spirit, which is why God is working on us to give us the nature of Jesus. So how do we become more like Jesus? Do we work at it? Do we, do we give it to, get up? I'm going to, I'm going to do good today. Have you ever noticed that when you determine you're going to do something, you usually don't do it? <laughs> is anybody else that way? Like if there's this thing where like when we decide in our own power, we're going to just do something, we always fail at it. And there's a spiritual component to that because we're not built to be the power source for our lives. We're built for God to be the power source for our lives. And we need his power at work within us. So it isn't that we force ourselves or we do good things to be more like Jesus. No, I want you to read this. And this is what I want to get into you today. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled faces... Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. You know how God changes your nature? It's not by you working hard and doing stuff. It's not by you deciding and, and making New Year's resolutions. He transforms you when you look at the glory of Jesus. When you behold Jesus. I'm going to say something to you that I want you to remember. It is a spiritual truth that you will become what you behold. It is what you look at that is what you are going to become. Let's go through this a little deeper. I'm going to go back in this to verse 12. It says, therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses. Moses was the leader of the law who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. Their minds were hardened for until this day, this very day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted the same veil between Moses and the glory of the Lord is still on people today it is a veil that lies over their heart but whenever a person turns to to the Lord the veil is taken away now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and then it says we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image that we're looking at from glory to glory just as the Lord. In the Old Testament, Moses went up on the mountain and he saw God face to face and it transformed him so greatly that his face shined. And when he came down from the mountain, the Israelites were afraid of that. They were scared. So Moses had to cover his face so they couldn't see the glory of the Lord. What does that represent? It means that they were living under the law. They were living under a time where you did the work to earn your salvation. What they didn't know is they could be transformed if they would just look into the glory of the Lord. But there's a veil over many people's faces. They don't get it. They think salvation is earned. They think they've got to be good. 
They think they have to do things according to the law. But when we really get saved, the veil is removed and we see God face to face and it transforms us from glory to glory. I came to tell somebody, if you want the nature of Jesus, look into the face of God and it will change you from the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. We are being transformed as we look into this mirror from glory to glory. Let me read some more scriptures that clarifies this. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 12. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. That means we don't have full revelation. We haven't seen Jesus completely face to face yet. We are in part. But when the perfection comes, that's Jesus coming the partial will be done away with. We won't see in part anymore. Paul said, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things. What he's saying is right now we're living in part. We see part of the glory of God and that transforms us. But there's coming a day when perfection comes and we'll see him face to face. And when that day comes, we won't be in part anymore. Right now, you might get a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge. You might speak in tongues and give an interpretation. And we get glimpses of knowledge through that. Do you know when Jesus comes, there won't be any need for tongues and interpretations or prophecies because we'll know all languages and we'll know all things. And we won't be picking up parts and pieces. We will see him as he is. I will put away childish things. For now, watch this, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Hallelujah. Face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I also have been known. Glory be to his name. Glory be to his name. You see, God wants to transform you uh, from glory to glory. What does it say in 1 Corinthians? Uh, we are going, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. What does that mean? That means that your sanctification, you, your soul, your thoughts, your, your emotions becoming more like Jesus is a growth process right now. You can grow and become more like Jesus. Are you hearing me? And, but you have to look into the face of Jesus. Now, what that looks like is you get revelation from God. Through his word, you get revelation, and that helps you become more like Jesus. And the more you read the word, you get more revelation, and that helps you become more like Jesus. Are you following me today? So when you leave here today, your uh, nature, your soul is not going to be completely perfect like Jesus, but you can be growing more and more into the image of Jesus until... The ultimate goal, one day we will see him clearly, clearly, then we'll be made just like him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. I want to stop right there. Do you know God's shaping you, and you just don't know how great you're going to be, how wonderful you're going to be, what God is going to turn you into. You don't even know it yet. It has not appeared to us as yet what we will be, but we know that when what he appears... It doesn't say when we do enough good works, when we give enough money, when we've got enough of love in our heart. No, it says when he appears, when we see him, when he appears, we will be like him. Why? Because we will see him just as he is. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. So what are you looking at today, child of God? What are you beholding What are your eyes focused on? What is your heart and your attention and your mind focused on? James 1, through 25, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word of God and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, not the law of Moses, but the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man is blessed in what he does. I want to tell you something. You want to have the nature of Jesus. If you want Jesus on the inside of you, if you want to have the peace of Jesus, the victory of Jesus, the thoughts of Jesus, the emotions of Jesus, if you want the internal you to be more like Jesus, you need to look into the word of God. Come on. Come on. How do I see Jesus? Jo Joseph said it earlier. Jesus isn't physically here right now. So how do we look at Jesus? How do we examine Jesus? Well, some would say through worship. Some would say through prayer and all those things. There's a, a part of that that's true. But prayer without the word of God is just people not even knowing who they're speaking to. How do we know who we're praying to and what we're praying for except the Bible tells us so? And worship, if we didn't have the Bible, what would we be worshiping? We wouldn't know who God is. We wouldn't have a clue. Everything comes back to the word of God. You see, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus became, uh, 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 or that prayer became flesh and dwelt among us. It doesn't say that worship became flesh and dwelt among us. It says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What is in your Bible today is transformative and as you get into the word and you consume the word what you're doing is looking into the glory of God and when you look into the glory of God it is transforming your life some of you today you wish to God that you could be different that you wouldn't like your parents and you didn't worry like your mom and you didn't have hateful thoughts like your your dad or you didn't whatever and you wish you were different all the while your Bible sits somewhere near you even on your, your tablet or your phone it's right there the transforming word of God that can change you from the inside and yet you only hear it when I preach it to you on Sunday morning come on I'm getting into your business now ain't I too many Christians are looking at or beholding the wrong things. Remember, you become what you behold. Some Christians are so busy looking at politics, they become political, politically divisive to the point where uh, I'm afraid we're going to have churches that uh, the first question they're going to ask is, are you a Republican church so I can go there? Or are you a Democrat church? Because if you're the other side, I don't want to go to your church. Where God is trying to unite us, if we get our eyes too much focused on politics, we become divisive. Some people are focused on race now more than ever. They're so worried about which race is not getting a fair shake and which one's being beat up. Can I tell you something? We are all one in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And when we come to the house of God, God's not concerned about our race or color. He's concerned about our heart. He loves us all. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus was a Middle Eastern man when he lived here. He was not a white man. He was a Middle Eastern man. And the reason I say that is because it doesn't really matter. Jesus doesn't have to look like you. Doesn't matter what color he is. Come on. But when we get our eyes focused on race, we become racially divisive. We start thinking in terms of this group versus that group. And that is not what God has planned for us. Some of you got your eyes on your past or your track record. You judge your today and your tomorrow by what happened yesterday. Well, I've failed so many times. I don't think I'll ever do it. Well, I, 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 I've got a, a record down at DPS, and that haunts me. I've been to prison. I've done this. I've been divorced. Whatever the past is, and you look at your past, and you think that defines you. You're beholding your past. Some of you are beholding or looking at your status in life. 
I'm just an old, uh, I'm just a poor guy on the wrong side of the tracks. And I don't, I could never do great things. And I could never have, so, you know, special stuff is for somebody else because I don't have uh, the status in life. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. I don't have the job or the position. Some of you are looking at your family heritage and you're saying, well, I'm destined to become just like my parents, just like my mom. I'm, I'm destined to become like my grandma, like my grandpa. Can I tell you something? Who you need to become is like your heavenly father. Amen. That's God's plan for you to become like Jesus. Some of you got your eyes on the world today. You're looking at the news and social media opinions and the doctor's report and the bank account. And I could go on and on looking at everything other than the word of God. But Jesus said, oh, if you just behold my glory, it will transform transform you from the inside out anything that you behold that is not from the word of God is shaping you into the image of that thing come on I'm just telling you the truth today God's made it so easy for us he's just saying look don't get your eyes focused on all that other stuff there's a mirror and it's the glory of the Lord and I want you to go look into that mirror and the more you look into that mirror the more you become like what you're looking at Look into Jesus. Look into Jesus. Yes, the world says you're a failure, lost, broke, you're hateful, angry, a victim, sick, afraid. God is mad at you. You'll never be good enough. And if you look at the world, that's exactly what you're going to become. That is the life that you'll live. But the mirror of the word of God says you're a child of God. You're provided for. You're protected. You're at peace. You are victorious. You're eternal and meaningful. Hallelujah. Oh, if you look at the world, you become lost. But if you look into the word of God, you'll start becoming like Jesus. Hallelujah. Why are you defeated? Because you haven't got a good look at Jesus. Why are you afraid? Because you haven't got a good look at Jesus. Why are you worried? Because you haven't got a good look at Jesus. Why is there hate in your heart? Because you haven't got a good look at Jesus. Oh, I want you to know today that you can become like Jesus on the inside of your life. That today you can begin growing in Christ as you don't worry about doing the good things. Worry about looking into the face of Jesus. Worry about opening the word and finding Christ in the word. He will transform you from the inside out. You won't be perfect now, but one day Jesus Christ is coming back again. And when we see him face to face, you'll never have another bad thought, another bad feeling. You'll never have another sin in your life. You'll be made perfect in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And it all happens for one reason, because we become what we behold. We just look at God, and it transforms our lives. He's made it so simple for us. The reason that we have the nature of Jesus is because we behold the glory of Jesus. Which is why when we come to the house of God, we ought to be ready to worship according to the word of God. We ought to be ready to pray according to the word of God. We ought to be willing to love on people and help people and give out of our own funds to help someone in need because of the word of God. It is the scriptures. You see, the scriptures, the word of God became flesh. In other words, Jesus' life is the Bible lived out to perfection. Huh? Every time I get on social media, I hear Christians arguing about the Bible. You know why God gave us Jesus? Because we could look at Jesus and see how it's supposed to be. 
We can argue doctrine and theology all day long, but when you look at Jesus, you see the perfection of what the Bible means, what the Word of God truly is, for He is the Word. And so when you open that Word and you get that Word inside of your life, I'd like to have a church full of people that know the Word, know how to read the Word, know how to study the Word, so that they come excited. I found this thing, Pastor, in the Bible. And this is what I've discovered that it means, and it's just blown my mind. And I can see Jesus in you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We should want and desire to become like Jesus. And what we need first is his nature, his heart within us. We can't fake it. We can't do good deeds and pretend and get all dressed up and look nice. I mean, I look nice today. Let's just be honest. Me and Harold, we look good. <laughs> We look good. Y'all look good too. But me and Harold, we're just above board, aren't we? we some, some of us can look really good. You know, we know how to get dressed up for church. We know how to sing the songs. You know what? That's not going to transform you. But when you open the word, when you pray and you're praying according to the word and you're worshiping according to the word and you're loving and you're giving according to the word and you're in line with the word, you're beholding God. You're looking at God the same way Moses looked at him. And the glory that was on God comes on you and it transforms your life. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every one of the folks that are here today that they get this word. Christianity is not a list of rules that we obey in our own power. Christianity is a transforming experience by which we are transformed into the image of Jesus. That we take on the spirit of God within us. We are brought to life and God begins to shape us internally into the image of Jesus. To change our souls and our very nature so that we think like Jesus. We feel like Jesus. We have the will of Jesus. We move like Jesus. We have the attitude and heart of Jesus. And I pray, God, today you will give each and every one of us a hunger, Lord, a hunger for the glory of God, a hunger to see the presence of God, a hunger to look into the word, a hunger to behold you. For if we behold you, we'll be conformed and become like you, God. We thank you for it, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you guys.